this is Jason from Cornerstone Dog Training. Today, we're gonna talk about motivation, how to build it, how to ruin it, which a lot of people do, and uh, just how to use it so that you can train your puppy and your dog. Let's get at it. All right, motivation, what an interesting thing. Uh, Motivation, I would say in humans, is a result of vision and purpose. If you have a vision and you have a purpose, then you can be motivated. So, for example, if you're doing our online puppy training, you should have a vision of what you hope to achieve. And we try to do that a lot. We try to say, this is what can happen. This is what this leads to. It's the beginning of this. Because there's a lot of work in between to get to that thing, but you've got to have vision. And your purpose, of course, is you have this dog and you want to have this dog be part of your family. You want this dog to be good. You want it to be a memorable experience. And uh, it's one that will definitely pay off. I mean, how many how many kids remember their childhood dog? Um, so you want this dog to just really be an amazing dog. So you have a purpose, you have vision, and that motivates you. Now, at different times in life, we lose track of that. And we don't always remember uh, and, and see that, that same vision and have that same purpose. And so we lose our motivation. So the goal then is to in some way be able to keep the vision and keep the purpose in mind and then leads to motivation and we can get uh, things done and fulfill that purpose. So with dogs, it's a little different. Um, dogs, I love them, but they're, they're really not as complicated as humans. Um, I think that's pretty, I mean, we're just a complicated lot. Now that's to their benefit sometimes. Like I love that dogs change so quickly. Um, when we communicate with dogs and we ask them to change, they always change. I mean, it's harder to change the person training the dog, to be honest. So, uh, the, I love that about dogs with motivation. Um, maybe I can illustrate it this way. So, um, once we were asked by a client, uh, they had a dog, we'd worked with their dog, Gus. Gus was, uh, he's a Frenchie, a French bulldog. And he just this little solid, massive dog. And, um, they have a swimming pool in the backyard and they're playing in the swimming pool one night. And as they're playing in the swimming pool, Gus gets excited and he jumps in, which is awesome, right? But he's a French bulldog and he basically sunk like a rock and they had to save him. And they were like, Oh my goodness, our dog almost drowned. We like almost lost him, you know, and they were just pretty paranoid and scared about it. And they looked online and online it said, Oh, French bulldogs can't swim. They're too heavy things like that. And then they called me and said, Hey, is there anything we can do? Like would a life vest fix us? We have a pool. We want our dog to be able to swim with us. And I kind of laughed because that's a total lie. French bulldogs can swim. Okay. (laughs) They totally can do it. Um, life vest of course is going to help. And if you're ever worried, life vest is never a bad option, but it's funny what the internet teaches sometimes. They're like, yeah, they just, their mass, you know, to weight ratio or size ratio, like doesn't work. They're just going to sink. Um, so they, we, I said, you know what we got to do? Let's set something up and I'll come and you got to get in the water and we'll, we'll train. They said, bring your family. So I was like, oh, sweet. So I have six kids and I, I'm like, you know, I have six kids, right? Are you okay? They're like, it'll be fun. It'll be awesome. We have some kids too, you know, and we'll play and it'll be great. And so my kids are stoked. They're, um, we're we're going to take our dog. We're going to work with Gus. And we're going to go swim and have fun. 
And so we go to this client's house and we are decked out. We're already in our swimming things. We're ready to go. And uh, we get there and the, they're excited too. But the parents here, the owners of Gus are saying things to their kids like, come on, let's swim. We're going to do the swimming thing. And they're kind of uninterested. They're kind of like, eh, I don't really feel like swimming right now. And they're like, well, oh, come watch and maybe you will. And one of their kids, one of their kids was like, I want to get in the pool. And it was like, I think, I don't know how old he was, five, maybe four or five, six. And, uh, they, they were kind of, you could tell they were kind of, uh, annoyed by the fact that their kids didn't want to swim at this time. Now we worked with Gus, um, Gus totally learned how to swim that night and was able to take care of himself. We worked with their new puppy. They got a little girl, uh, Frenchie as well. And, uh, she was awesome at swimming as a puppy. Um, but we, we worked with Gus and we, we helped teach him how to swim and it was a lot of fun. We had a lot of fun with the kids and our dog had a lot of fun and one of their kids did. Um, and I thought about that. I was like, why, you know, like our kids are so excited and I'm not saying that our kids are better or anything like that. Okay. I was just kind of curious about why things went down the way they did. And, uh, I, as I thought about it, I realized, you know, as motivation goes, when you always have something, when it's always available, you're less motivated because you could have that thing whenever you want it. So sometimes with dogs, one of the major mistakes people make is they think that, oh, I I remember as a kid, I had this older dog and we just left food out for it and it just ate the food that was there and it was fine. Sometimes that works with an older dog as time goes on, but I would never start that way. I would never start that way with a dog because you want them to, to have an understanding of where this food comes from. So with puppies, we always start and we feed as much as we can from our own hand. And if they're not interested in food, they're not interested. They'll get interested when they're hungry. We don't need to force them to eat. They're going to be fine. They're carnivores. They can go a longer amount of time without food than we can and be totally fine, to be totally normal. But when we leave food out, it goes against that nature. And it teaches a dog that, hey, food is always available. And it starts to erode that motivation that food would bring. So you can maybe imagine if you like, you had, um, I, I don't know, I'm making this up as I go, but let's say that you won that little Caesars things. It says on the box, it's like win pizza for a year. At least I've seen it before. I don't know if they still do that, but it's like win pizza for a year. And it's like, you can have pizza twice a week for a year or whatever. I'm like, you know, that's, I, I think, I feel like if I was like twice a week or three times or four times a week and I was like, yeah, we got pizza, it's free. You know, it would save money, but after a while, I'm going to hate pizza, especially Little Caesars pizza, you know? Like, I'm going to be like, I, I, I don't want that because I've just, it's always available. Um, I've had it, you know, and it's just, it loses its, uh, it loses its intrigue. And so with food and with a dog, we always want to help them be motivated by it. So that doesn't mean we have to give them less. It just means when we give them food, um, it needs to be at specific times. With Just like with the pool, because those kids always had a pool in their backyard, they swam when they wanted to swim. They didn't swim when the parents wanted them to. And with our puppies, we want them to do what we're asking them. 
And so by taking that away, it actually increases motivation. Now you can't take a swimming pool away, but you can take food away and, and toys away. So everybody feels like they need to give a, get a toy for their dog, their puppy. And it's not a bad thing, but it's mostly just a multi-billion dollar industry of people trying to sell you things. Um, and so you get this toy and a dog plays with it and we're like, that's their toy. That's the wrong way to think with a puppy. If we have that attitude, we're actually going to cause some problems later on. If we think this is theirs, this is theirs, that's theirs. Now we might say it that way to help younger kids understand that that's not, they don't take that or things like that. But I don't, I don't leave a toy with a puppy. I don't say, here's your toy. Here you go. Take it, do whatever you want with it. Because then that puppy starts to, to, own that thing and it's it's they're they're not ready for that level of ownership and responsibility if i took my four-year-old and said here's your bedroom you can do whatever you want with it you know what that that marker that's in there use it to color on the walls like it's it's yours do whatever you want with it It, they're not gonna i mean they're not really gonna get it and it's it's not gonna be helpful to them in fact it's probably gonna be more stressful to them because they feel like I have to take care of this thing and yet I'm not really ready for that level of responsibility. So of course like with children we have to help take them into that level and we have to build them up so that they're ready to achieve and and have that level of freedom. But motivation always thrives on scarcity. I mean think about it. If someone says, "Hey, this deal is only it's a special deal. It's only good for 24 hours you have to I mean it's kind of annoying sometimes I get it but you kind of have to make a decision right there right you have to decide in the next little bit like if I'm going to get this deal I better do it now and they do that because it motivates us and you know maybe wrongly so maybe it pushes us a little too much um and and we do that in some of our advertising because we know it's going to make a difference with our puppy training program we haven't decided yet but we're really batting around the idea of saying, hey, this is going to time out in four or five, six months so that we want people to be successful. And if there's some urgency, then people are going to do it. And we, I mean, it's, it's kind of this, do, do we say, you know, we appear a little more strict at first, but it helps somebody be successful in the end? Or do we be less strict and we don't accomplish what we're looking for in the end. I think the first option is better. It's harder as a parent and as a, as a dog owner and a, you know, a fur mama or whatever you want to call it, but it ends up being better. So with motivation, again, just to recap, the key here is to, um, feed from your hand. That's a good start. And you don't have to do that with all your food, but feed from your hand. When you use a food bowl, put food down and then take it back up after about five, 10 minutes and just save it till the next meal. If they don't eat it, if they don't eat it, they probably have too much. They just don't need it. Um, With toys, you play with toys, you and they, you and them, you and they, whatever that is, you and your dog interact uh, together with that toy and I leave my dog wanting more. So when my dog's still excited, I say, you want it? Okay, next time. And we go and we put it away. 
and they're like, oh, that was fun, that was awesome, I want more next time. You pull that toy out the next time, your dog's gonna be like, yes, let's play, this is so awesome. But if they play to the point of exhaustion and then they hold it for a while and then they, you know, they're chewing on it and gnawing on it all day, uh, when you grab that toy and say, hey, let's play, they're gonna be like, that's my toy, give it back. That's mine. And you wanna be the gracious dog owner that says, actually, I own it all, but I, I love you and I'm gonna let you play with this and borrow this, but it's mine. And if you'll do that as a puppy, if you'll motivate them that way and help them keep, uh, keep that motivation real, in even a natural way for a dog, you're gonna have a lot more success. Um, some dogs aren't food motivated, that's okay. Some dogs are toy motivated, that's fine. Some dogs are touch motivated and you can also, if you're gonna use that as a motivator, just remember a lot or an over exuberance of a thing is going to lead to the dog caring less about it. So there's plenty of people that give lots and lots of love to their dog and I want to do that too, but I also don't want to take away their motivators. I want them to, you know, they earn that and I give them love, but not to the point of they're like, I'm so tired of them touching me because then it loses motivation. Motivation is a huge key. Use that uh, to train your puppy. Use it in your own life. Catch a vision, have a purpose, and move forward and watch amazing things happen. You got this. Bye.